It's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. Well, today is 420. And uh, in honor of 420, we're going to start the show with my son. <laughs> oh, thank you. Andrew Rivers, <laughs> who lives in Seattle, where 420, every day is 420. Uh, Andrew uh, has a lot going on. Also, uh, let me tell you what else is coming up on the show today, though. It's a, it's a very uh, exciting, jam-packed show. Uh, Andrew Rivers will talk about how last week's podcast was blocked by Facebook for false information on COVID-19. And then uh, to close the show and to headline the show, a dear friend of mine, a lifelong pilot. We've known each other for 20 years. He is the guy who inspired me to take flight lessons and become a pilot, Donovan Burkhart, was in a plane crash. His plane is no more. And uh, let me put it to this way. He said, uh, I'll be happy to come on and summarize 30 seconds of terror. And he said, I'll, I'll do it in three minutes. I said, no, let's do it in an hour. So uh, <laughs> he's going to tell us the harrowing story of losing your engine. Oh, my God. Shortly after takeoff, perhaps the most dangerous situation uh, that a pilot can face. And how many engines? Yeah, and obviously since he's here to tell the story, yeah. it's, it's, how many engines? Yeah, single engine? Um, at the time of the crash, none. None. <laughs> 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 okay. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, a single engine Cessna 182. Okay. okay. So for those of you from Seattle who care about aviation, uh, this should be a lot of fun. But we begin. With comedian Andrew Rivers. Welcome to the show. Andrew Rivers. Hey, thank you. Live, live uh, from his Fokker triplane. <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, how are you? Prob probably our last episode, uh, you know. Why? Not because of YouTube, but because I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and I'm going to die of a blood clot. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> One in a million. Just wanted to test YouTube again, see what they, what they think about okay, that so, joke. Okay, so what happened? You say that... Uh, our segment, which you record every week, got taken down by YouTube? Yeah. The problem is they don't tell you which part they find uh, offensive. So, you know, I chop them up into three-minute clips that are the highlights. I take out all of your stuttering and your and your not-good jokes. And then... Ouch. Uh, <laughs> I've learned from you, hecklers are just the proof <laughs> that you're dramatizing somebody's life. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it got flagged and they said uh, misinformation about the vaccine. And so I went back and watched it and I said, oh, it's probably this part because I was making fun of false information. Uh -huh. But I was like, hey, maybe I didn't make it clear enough that I didn't believe it. And uh, so I censored that part out and then I re-uploaded it and then they took it down again. Wow. And uh, they said, I can't upload for another week. So they barred you. Yeah. If I get two more strikes, they'll delete my whole channel. Wow. Like two more strikes I have about for, the 90 rest day, of, for the rest of your life or within the next 90 time? days. Okay. 90 days. So the I'm safest thing to do is to hide under a rock for 90 <laughs> days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Oh. I mean, it's I, now it's making me second guess everything I, I post on there. Because, yeah. you know, I'll have jokes or I'll... You know, I've been telling you guys I'm not depressed. Where's the false information for that, you two? <laughs> I'm very sad. Stay I have everybody fooled. <laughs> well, yeah. that's crazy because every joke is an exaggeration. Right. 
and um, right. and and they've got satire. An, they don't Sometimes have you're impersonating some, someone. Yeah, yeah, they haven't hired a person to sit and listen. So what it means is a computer algorithm yeah. is listening to a comedian and deciding if what he said was true. Mm, not funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no funny. humor yeah. detected. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, sorry, I was indulging in 420 a little early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds uh, good to me, man. So it is 420, uh, the 20th of April. And it's funny, I have a, a dear friend. It's his birthday today, Zip. And I were on a, uh, a Skype call uh, with him. And uh, I showed up at his house at, his house at 3.45, and apparently his <laughs> clock was inaccurate because he was already 4.20. <laughs> <laughs> Two, three, four. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, great. Yeah, so, I've been uh, 4.20ing. At, I, I also do it at 3.20 and 2.20, and <laughs> 1.20. Not the month, the time of the day. Yeah. But now, yeah, yeah. now, because this is an actual, I mean, for... Uh, Marijuana and Bibers. It's it's a holiday. Um, is there a holiday for booze? Was it St. Patrick's Day or is it just every day? I, I every, don't know. Every day. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. Prohibition. Yeah. That was yeah. the holiday. Birthdays. <laughs> but anyway, Christmas morning. I, I do know about this because you've done it before. Tuesday. On <laughs> Tuesday. On April twentieth in the Seattle area, there is a thing called the Dope Show. Could you tell us what it is? Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's become so popular that they do it uh, year round, and it's legal out here. So, yeah. um, uh, basically, you do ten minutes sober, and then you take a break, and then you smoke a doobie, and then you come back and perform again. Hmm. <laughs> and um, when he first asked me if I wanted to be on it, I was like, "Man, that I don't know if I could do that. It sounds terrifying, you know, staying yeah. sober until eight p.m." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it is fun because the audience is in on the bit. You know, the show is sure, advertised sure. that way. So the more you mess up in the second half of the show, the more they kind of like <laughs> they it. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, instead of being terrifying or making you paranoid, it's very freeing in a way Free. because yeah. the audience is sharing. Uh, now, does the audience get to go outside and take a, a smoke break too? There is no official uh, policy, but uh, many people will take a quick break outside okay um and it's yeah. not this is so weird by the way for your dad this is so weird that it's not illegal right i mean it was it was you could get arrested and ruin the rest of your life yeah tell me about it man <laughs> yeah, <it's Yeah>. right. <laughs> so it's crazy but i also i think it's great i mean i look nobody should spend too much time getting screwed up because it takes away from you know the brain you have uh uh, but uh, Lisa enjoys a glass of wine now and then, and uh, if it's that for somebody, I, I have no objection. And, and for the people who are dealing with cancer, and and yeah. it helps them keep food down, and Cheetos, and hamburgers, and cheeseburgers, and all that, that's all good, right? Anorexics needed to get an appetite. Some that's of them. right. Karen yeah. Carpenter would still be with us. <laughs> that's just dark. Andrew, I'll show you who she is at another time. This I know the second. joke. The yeah. Carpenters. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, I know a lot of I know a lot of artists and songs just because you've made fun of them over the years. <laughs> What's funny is uh, even part of my childhood, I I only know your version of certain songs. Oh. So I'll be in the store, and uh, you know Christmas music will come on, and I'll go walking around to women's underwear, and then sure. everyone looks at me, and I'm like, oh, wrong version. <laughs> Sorry, you know. Sorry about that. 
But the the dope show is interesting because, um, well, you, you know, you're still performing. So, uh, and, and oftentimes they go, Andrew, you're the headliner. So there is still pressure to yeah. give a great show. So not to spoil the secret, but I have like a fake routine where I kind of exaggerate things, you know? Wait a minute. And you uh, don't bring oregano with you to the show. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll still imbibe in the theme of the show, but I have, um, you know, notes or I have like a dope show set list where I go, uh, Hey, I just wrote some of these things down. I have no idea. Right. Uh, right, right. and then they're like, uh, socks are tiny cotton prisons for your feet. That's by the way, by setting it up as a dope show thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a great joke, but it's greater if you think you wrote it stoned. I love yes, it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, I also routine. do impressions. Okay. Um, like, um, uh, this is my impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger getting the wrong sandwich. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger getting the wrong sandwich. Okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> it's not a tuna. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Not even sure why I laughed, but it was genius. Okay, you know it's just yeah. the and then uh, if if only the good die young is Billy Joel calling my grandpa an asshole. <laughs> All right, you know that something. took a second. <laughs> you you do know what that song I'll, was like, what it was about though. Uh, no, I have no idea. Actually. Okay. The lyrics to that song, uh, I don't know about Zip and Ed, but for yeah. me, having gone to Catholic school, Catholic girls. Yeah. Yeah. The song, the song tells the story that Catholic girls have been told to remain virgins. Come and this guy Virginia. is trying to talk a girl into wait. lowering her knickers. You Catholic girls start much too late. <laughs> and and so when Boy, you, this type of music is just setting a bad example for <laughs> you. I mean God, no, the but, things you kids listen to. But, but, but I have sitters. to explain why I reacted to that like I was at the dope show. Because as, uh, okay. as soon as you said only the good die young, I, I remembered what the song was about and then I didn't hear the rest of your joke. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I I get it. Yeah, it's not, it's not one, uh, you know, I'll take it off the set list for tonight. <laughs> uh, let me know how it does. I, look, isn't part of uh, doing the dope show that if some of them fall flat, that's kind of the fun, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, that is, um, yeah, that it is fine to bomb, but you know, you still want to. You still want every joke to work. So. Yeah, yeah, we have this ego thing. This yeah, Carson made yeah, a career a out bit, of bombing. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Jo Johnny Carson used to know how to intentionally make a joke bomb and then make yeah. you laugh, right, Ed? It's true. At his expression after it bombed. Yeah. Right. Uh, in comedy, they'll call that like a saver line. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to have a couple of those, but the, then after a while, you kind of go... Why do I have a joke that I know doesn't work just so I can tell a, a saver line, you know? So, right, right, right. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a thing. I, I, I really don't need to tell you how to do your job. <laughs> well, it doesn't stop you most of the time. No. no, but my authority has all gone away and I enjoy that part of it. So, all right, uh, what, else is, uh, what else is going on in the world of marijuana for you? Oh, uh, well... Um, uh, Steve Urkel is starting a uh, marijuana company. <laughs> Did you hear about this yet? No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> the guy, who, I don't know, the actor from Family Matters. Yeah, I think okay. show, yeah, right? yeah. yeah he's, uh, st- uh, now you know why he had those huge glasses, Glaucoma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a multi generational <laughs> pot joke. Uh, is, what kind of a company um, is he growing it? Is he uh, making bongs? What's it, do you know what he's doing, actually? Uh, I just read the uh, headline of yeah, the article. Yeah. I didn't really. Uh, so read an entire news story when a meme it will get the point across. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it is cool. I think what we're seeing, um, you know, for uh, Black Americans to take back a, a product that has incarcerated a lot of them is mm. is kind of cool. Yeah, that is. Nice. Um, yeah. so good for everybody. Right. Um. I became an accidental pothead kind of during uh, COVID because uh, I used to smoke just a little bit. And then uh, the only thing, they closed everything except pot shops and grocery stores. And I was like, well, this economy needs me, you know? That is so true. But speaking of misinformation, there's a rumor going around uh, on social media that potheads can't get COVID. So I want to, you know, maybe YouTube will put me back in the good graces and <laughs> dispel some information. That's a real, but that, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, well, it's just, go, well, there was a popular, uh, it's hard to explain to you because uh, you're an old man, but there was a TikTok <laughs> going around that was like, like this, if you smoke pot and you haven't got COVID and it's got, you know, a million views or whatever. So people are like, it's wow. got to be real. Well, I was, like, wa- no. I was watching TikTok before you could even turn on 60 Minutes. <laughs> Sorry, I totally. Sixty seconds on you. is yeah. the new uh, show. Um, well, yeah. Well, it's just there's a lot of uh, oh, because their lungs are always filled with smoke. The COVID can't even find its way if it gets in there, you know. And and they're always blowing out smoke. So if COVID is near them, they push it away. And yeah, it's like, well, that's not what's happening, right? Yeah. It's because yeah. potheads don't go anywhere. Right? So, yeah. You call up a pothead like, hey, me and 20 friends are going to a bar with a bunch of strangers. You want to come? I would. But Netflix just put out a new documentary about bees. I think. <laughs> but I did learn you can overdose on marijuana. It's oh. not like it's not lethal. You're not going to like die or anything. But the other night, uh, a helicopter flew so low, it shook my entire house. I was like, they're probably dropping chemicals on us. And then I was like, oh, that's too much pot. I hit the limit, you know? <laughs> All right. Now, now it's overshare. Too much information for dad. Well, yeah. I, 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 you I, know. By the way, I like to think you only smoke it once a week so you can talk about it at your shows. Sure. You can uh, imagine whatever you'd like to. <laughs> Just close your eyes and, imagine. and uh, yeah. Um, I do, I know you're worried and, uh, you know, well, maybe it'll, I don't, I, I worry too. It might, you know, it might affect my health, but, you know, also I'm like, if Snoop Dogg hasn't had a cancer scare yet, I should be fine, you know? So, right. <laughs> so uh, read up on smoke and lungs. Just read up on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, Get right on that. Um, uh, um, I, I prefer if I was going to do it, I'd prefer the brownies. It's just, just oh no, yeah, no <laughs> edibles. No. Well, <laughs> sure, I'm. It's a different um, experience. I'll just say that. I can't. I can't remember back that far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Son, it's well, great. it's it's, it's a yeah. anti-anxiety for me. So you know, well, um, and, and, and also. Uh, it helps me, you know, uh, eat like, um, 
I'm, you know, I'm trying to put on weight and my, I've spent seven years of my life starving poor and, uh, yeah. I got used to not eating a lot and now it, uh, um, is good for me. Absolutely. And at the end of the night, it's nice to relax and it makes my music taste better. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's 420. What else would you expect? I love, I love you, Andrew. <laughs> love you, Brian. Just, you know, everything in moderation. Uh, and uh, Someone wrote in last week and said that they had to rewind it three times because they were laughing so hard whenever I made you uncomfortable. So <laughs> well, um, keep the audience moved. feedback yeah. is voting right. for me. Thank you, Andrew. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Rivers. He's got a big show. Yeah. Yeah. Knock, him, knock him asleep. I mean, dead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the Bob and Zip Show with Dan Kelly. Our big guest tonight is a lifelong pilot, a 20-year friend. He is, uh, and I think he knows this, uh, one of three very dear friends, uh, four total, uh, who inspired me to fly. He was the first. Um, he contacted me sometime around 2001, I believe it was, and uh, wrote to me saying that he was, uh, he had heard me talking about the San Juan Islands and that I, you know, I, I was welcome to take a ride in his airplane sometime. Uh, the thing about that email was, and I, and I don't think he knew it when he wrote it. Maybe I had talked about it on the air, but I was petrified of flying. I had a nearly lifelong fear of flying, and I never got into a plane voluntarily. It was either a job interview or a funeral or something or, or a vacation that my wife made me take. Uh, so when I met Donovan Burkhart, again, he invited me to uh, go up in his plane uh, but at the time, I had a boat, because why get to the San Juan Islands in 38 minutes <laughs> when you can drive three and a half hours at 20 knots and spend almost $400 in gas? <laughs> just, just so you know, that's how afraid of flying I was. Wow. And uh, it, it would take a little bit of doing. I would visit him on Blakely Island, which was I believe it's it's, uh, it's a pilot island. Almost everybody who uh, lives there has a plane. A, a little private island in the San Juans with a gorgeous lake that you could swim in and uh, acres and acres of unspoiled uh, wilderness. A beautiful, beautiful place. And so I dug that, but I would rather swim than fly, which is ironic considering the story we're about <laughs> to hear so uh at, at any event uh, donovan and i stayed friends for a very long time i took my uh, flight school lessons from uh, another very inspiring guy eric gorley my uh flight instructor and i met this guy from microsoft chuck opperman who also owned a plane and we became best buds and uh, uh, flew around together uh one of my first ever flights was in donovan's plane November 2030X, or as a pilot would say, 30X-ray. And I, I actually remember the first time ever taking off with him from Blakely Island. It's a fairly small uh, runway, and uh, you take off and you're right out over the water. You're also next to a mountain, which means if it's a little windy, it could be, shall we say, bumpy. And Choppy. 
choppy. Thank you. Donovan's right there. And <laughs> and the first time I flew with him, uh, it was a big it was a big leap of faith for me. And as we took up uh, took off in his plane, we were sort of flying along the side of a mountain. And I remember the the first thing I thought of, and it's something every pilot is trained to think of, is what if the engine quit? What if it happened right now? Where would we go? And uh, down, down. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> guess. Down is the answer, Donovan. Uh, so, uh, so imagine my heart skipping a beat about a week ago when I received uh, this message from my flight instructor Eric Gorley uh, on Facebook Messenger because um, who knows if we still have the same phone numbers. Just out of the blue, Bob. Do you have a contact for Donovan? I need to see if I can help him in any way. And I thought, what's going on with Donovan? It immediately occurred to me that I hope he's okay. Um, at least it sounds like he's okay because Eric wants to help him. You know, he's not asking if he can help his family <laughs> and i'm like okay <laughs> so i i did i don't know why i immediately did this but i googled your name uh donovan and oh instantly and imagine what comes up with that what comes up is <laughs> plane crash off blakely island whoops but then occupants swim safely ashore and the first thought i had was Oh my God, was Cindy in the plane with you? And is she still speaking with you? <laughs> that would be my wife. But, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I just went, oh, they're okay. But then, oh my gosh, what just happened to them is the thing every pilot trains for and every pilot hopes will never happen. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome Donovan Burkhart and Cindy. This Hello, is, this is Donovan. Hi, Cindy. I want to say hi to you too. Are you there, Cindy? Yeah. Hello. Yes. Oh, okay. You were in the plane. I was also in the plane. Yes. Yeah. Do either of you backseat drive when you're in the car? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Like, can can you fall asleep if he's driving in the car? My wife says she can't do that. Uh, yes, I can fall asleep if, if he's driving in the car, but yes, I do backseat drive. Uh, <laughs> but not in the airplane. I not never, in the airplane. Never. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cindy, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to get to Donovan. He's a special guest. But do you have experience flying? I have flown for many years in the right seat. I am, am not a pilot. I I think of the airplane engine as sort of like a sewing machine. You know how it works before you touch it. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, experience flying doesn't include putting the tray tables up when they ask you. Okay. So, uh, anyway, just all sorts of thoughts went through my mind. So, Donovan, first off, thank you for coming on and telling the story. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I, I just want to, uh, without, without going too deep in it was before 2001 that we met because you and I were in studio um, for 9/11 2001 oh that was too but uh, that was that was it was but and, and, I have an e I searched the oldest email and in 2006 you wrote me an email and said uh, 
we met five years ago. So I was going by that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's close. But, but what uh, was the even, exact date, Donovan? And I know you're very precise. I, do, I, do, I, I don't know the exact date, okay. but I do remember 9-11-2001. Okay. So. <laughs> and it, over 20 years. Um, so, all right, where to begin? Uh, where you've to been begin? flying your whole life. That's true. I grew up in the backseat of a four-seat Cessna with my little sister. We played en- endless games of cards while my father and mother were in the front two seats on the eight, count them, eight-hour flight between oh. Los Angeles and Seattle. Wow. We were the most bored people you would ever know. We, we hated flying. Come on. It was, <laughs> How old were you uh, when they... When you, like some kids are skiing at three years old, how old were you when you took the controls of the plane? Seriously. Um, I was, I was 20. I have nothing special there. You oh. you see these kids that are 12, 13, 14, um, who are doing that. But my parents did not uh, push me to fly or anything else. It was uh, myself who one day got tired of the four hours that you mentioned getting to and from someplace in the San Juan Islands via Washington State ferries and said, gee, there's got to be a better way. Oh, right. wait, I know. And and flying, by the way, done the way you and a lot of regular folk do it is not quite the expensive thing that you would picture like with, you know, um, guys with their own jets and things like that. Like, uh, uh, if, as I recall, a, a plane like yours, not a brandy new one, uh, is about the cost of uh, maybe a big SUV, right? Well, in the 1960s, that was true. But as one who was plying the pages of Trade a Plane this very day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more expensive. Okay. Uh, yeah. A plane of my ilk, uh, which um, was insured for $80,000. And assuming that that's what comes out of this, I'm going to be about halfway there. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. It's I gotten mean, expensive. And it's gotten expe- a lot more expensive than it used to. Okay. But it's but let me put it this way because I found this out with a boat it cost me three hundred and fifty dollars of gas to go you know a hundred something miles in a plane you're there in a few minutes and it's super cheap yeah and I mean honestly is it that the whole time that I've uh, been on this earth flying, people look at you and go, ooh, you must be rich. You have an airplane. And right. I, I can give them a smothering look and say, my airplane costs less than that BMW that you're driving, right, buddy. Right, right, Okay. But now you have to have a really fully loaded BMW to make that statement. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. An electric BMW. <laughs> um, so, all right, setting this up, flying since age 20, you are roughly my age? Mid sixties, roughly your age. Yes. Okay, so that's uh, you know, that's forty five years of flying. In all that time, have you ever had an engine out or anything that even Never. indicated? No. Never. Not so much uh, as, as dependable as the sewing machine previously <laughs> mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but in spite of that, in my experience with you, you've always been very safety minded. Um, We've talked about safety when I was getting underway. I remember you once did a go around, which I talked about last week with me in the plane. And it didn't bother me at all because I was reading flight instruction manuals. And I knew that, oh, yeah, that looked like you should go around. Uh, 
when this happened, and we're going to lead up to it happening, uh, was it was it a drastic shock or uh, was it oh hmm I've trained for this? Uh, it was a drastic. Shock. It was a drastic shock. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna told you that. I'm sorry. Was your, I am sorry. Was well, your the, underwear the same color as when you started? Uh, the disbelief. Okay. The disbelief is yeah. very strong while that's yeah. happening. Okay. Let's back up because bef- it doesn't happen. Yeah. Let's back deaf? up before we get to that and just start with the day and tell the story. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Cindy and I were uh, just going to go over to Anacortes, which is the closest, closest mainland point f- to the San Juan Islands. It's about a 10-minute flight mm. from Wakely Island. But I think I ought to back up just a second and say that, that I'm not sure everyone even understands how private aviation works all the way and uh, you know indulge me for 30 to 60 seconds here um a lot of people think that somehow um lloyd bridges is in a building somewhere telling all the airplanes (laughs) where they can and can't go Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 so you tell them no um it's like a car. You taxi out and you take a... But no one knows where you're going? No. But no one t- gave you permission to go there? No. No. It's a car. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a car. You take off in, in, in places that aren't populated, there aren't big cities, and um, that you, you basically can take off and go wherever the heck you want, and no one knows where you're going. Mm. So it's that free form is, is kind of the point. So that's the way general aviation works until you get into congested areas or international airports, then a whole different set of rules applies. Uh, In the San Juans, it's that way. Um, Class G airspace, Bob. Right. Um, So my daughter was turning... 30 years old. You're going to say that out loud? (laughs) (laughs) My daughter turned 30 years old on 411. This was, uh, I recall her as your 10-year-old daughter, but keep going. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And she was throwing a little soiree in Anacortes. So we just, uh, in the afternoon, about 4 p.m. in the afternoon, we walked out to the airfield, did the usual pre-flight checks of the aircraft, got in, started it up, taxied to center to clear the runway did all the right things and then took off so that's that's the beginning of this flight um and it was a beautiful day gorgeous day yeah severe clear calm sunny absolutely nothing and the airplane is absolutely empty except for fuel lots of fuel and and chrissy's birthday beer (laughs) (laughs) chrissy's birthday beer in the baggage box and uh, so we're, we're flying down the coast of Blakely because that's the course that takes you Anacortes. We're airborne for about five minutes and we're in a, a lazy climb, meaning that we're going a little faster than if you were climbing for the sky. But, okay. Oh, um, quick question. Yeah. You take off, uh, a Cessna 182 lifts off at, if, I, if memory serves, 55 knots or so, close to 60 miles close, an hour. Close enough, Yeah. yeah. And you are climbing. Uh, in Blakely, you're taking off to the south? No, I took off to the north. To the north, okay. 
and, and, and you hang a right. Hang a right. Okay. Headed over south, to Anacortes. Headed to Anacortes. Heading southeast. I used to wave east. at the ferries down below that people would wait an hour to get on, and I would give <laughs> yeah. them the finger. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, okay. and again, that's why I became a flyer, was to do just that. Yes. So uh, you're in your station wagon in the sky. You're climbing. What what height did you get to, and how long were you flying before the event happened? Oh, we were on about five minutes. Okay. And uh, as I say, a lazy climb, meaning I wasn't in the steepest possible climb. So we're going about 100, 110 knots, um, you know, getting close to cruising speed, but slowly climbing. And we got up to 700 feet. And at that point, we were at the uh, most eastern tip of Blakely, just about to head over about five minutes of nothing but water. Okay. This is going to be crucial. Because if you're in the middle of the water, does the, does the scenario change? Uh, well, you still go down. Okay, no matter what happens with no engine. I, I just, want, just want to be clear on that one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, the, so, the rest uh, of it. So, um, so give so me yeah. that moment. What happened? Did well, it chitty, chitty, bang, bang? Or did it go wham? Or yeah. did it just, just start to struggle? What happened? I'm going to hold you in suspense. Okay. Because the eastern shore of Blakely Island is very steep, perhaps a 60 degree steep bank, Mm. heavily forested with mature Douglas fir trees, and the cliffs go straight down into the ocean of Rosario Strait. And if you're on a boat in that area, the tides and currents run so fast that whirlpools develop Mm-hmm. And uh, you can spin uh, a decent-sized boat can spin around a little. It's not going to go down to the bottom or anything. But uh, the point is, it's a very inhospitable place for a yes. swimmer. <laughs> very and inhospitable. Yes. Very inhospitable. And the choice of heading for land, where the sixty-degree banks and the old-growth forest is, is equally un- inhospitable. In other words, there's no real good first thought that you have. There is no good thought, right. and so much so that uh, a good friend of mine from the island and I, whenever we would fly this route together, which wasn't all that, uh, it wasn't all that often, but we'd always comment, you know, boy. This would not be the place to lose an engine. So after you defecated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, Donovan, what you're doing now is what I know, I believe anyway, all, not just me, who is afraid of flying, but all pilots do this. Always in the back of your mind, even if you don't lose an engine for 40 years, is what would it be like here? What would I do? Is that, is yeah. that something? Is oh, it, that, that's true. I yeah. mean, the, out, the outcome here was preordained. It was decided 20 <laughs> years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, looked it over, said, what would you do here? And there really was only one answer. And that was kind of a right turn Clyde to keep following, <laughs> to keep following the uh, coastline of Blakely Island because... Uh, about a mile, mile and a half from that point starts a long beach, almost a mile long beach. And it's the first, if you will, hospitable place for a swimmer to actually claw their way out of the water Mm. and and get on land. And so, um, you know, the first thought, as you know, Bob, whenever you have a problem, the first thought is to decide that it's not going to work out, and you better know what happens when that does. So there was immediate right turn. 
uh, along with the uh, shock. Did you, so you didn't have, I mean, it's almost unconscious, that right turn, because you knew where you were. You'd been there a thousand times. You knew there was no place to go down right where you were, and you were going to go along the side of the island uh, and head for, hopefully get to the better spot. That is correct. Okay. I, I had one, two, and three in my mind almost immediately. And one, two, and three is if I can make it, I'd like to go here. If not, then there. Then that, number right. three was where we ended up. But, but you are holding here, me in suspense because you skipped yeah, over the chitty chitty right. bang bang moment. Right. So, <laughs> right. so I, was, I was just getting to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Long-winded me? Nah. nah. Um, <laughs> Donovan, by the way, who said, I'll, I'll just summarize 30 minutes of terror in three minutes for you for your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude, we're going to drag this out. <laughs> I prophesied. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, everything is it, it's casual. As you know, you get, get pretty casual about everything. And so we're humping along, and suddenly the engine does one down and up, just, and, you know, that is instant attention. What the hell was that? Okay, like the lights flickering in in your right. house before a power exactly. outage. Yeah. Exactly, uh, okay. and uh, the Good light, analysis. Yeah. Yes, the lights flickered, and then and of course this is you know maybe happened to me a couple of times because uh, without getting too detailed, you sometimes swallow some water, but it, it just happens for a second and the engine comes back. Well, right. this time the engine came back, but then it went and flickered again. But it didn't flicker; it just went off. Just died suddenly. It was, it was gone. Now, Does the propeller stop immediately? N- the propeller never stops. Oh, it keeps flying. All right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> un- unless. But, but my engine would always, when we practiced it, the engine was always just the throttle out, never completely dead. And Because yeah. every pilot practices what to do in an engine out. Wow. That's right. That's right. Um, and I can honestly tell you, I'm not certain the engine was out at the time. I can tell you all the things that I've thought of since then, but at the okay. time, my, sorry about that. My By belief, the way, you can swear because we're on a podcast. I know. And if Cindy wants to swear, that's even better. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, where was I? <laughs> so... Um, yeah, you totally threw me on that one. Sorry. So anyway, we'll talk about I, the throttle. You're yes, being anyway, careful my, on the radio. Yeah. The uh, throttle. My my immediate thought was somehow the throttle linkage to the carburetor had come undone because I was of the belief that the engine had gone back to full idle mm. and would not throttle up. The throttle is just a push button uh, in the panel and uh, a control that moves maybe three to four inches, and I was working that throttle, and there was absolutely no response. Nothing. Nothing. But I still heard noise and felt vibration, and so that's why I was convinced the engine was still operating. That was your wife's knees knocking together. (laughs) (laughs) That was my knees knocking together. The combination. combination. (laughs) So to this day, you're not entirely certain where the engine totally quit, but it certainly quit giving power to the airplane. That is a very accurate statement. And uh, I am ashamed to admit that I did not look at the engine instruments that might have answered that question at that moment. Well, because your first job when the engine is out is? 
Fly, fly the plane. The plane. Fly, fly the, the airplane, plane. Uh, yeah. which every pilot learns and repeats much like Buddhas go om when they're yeah. meditating. Om. So... I did not fly the airplane for 20 knots of airspeed. For 20 knots of airspeed, I looked all over the cockpit, pumped throttles, said, what the hell is going on? And then when I looked up next, I was at airspeed uh, approaching critical stall speed. Stall. And, that's, and that's when, and uh, for those who don't know, a stall would uh, pretty much seal your fate right there because yeah. you then plume it. You have to. You don't have enough air, uh, altitude to recover from a stall. So no, you would. So, so you, you, you. By the way, this is media. You know, you can lie. It's done all the time. Now. You don't have to tell. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. So at first you were at first you were flummoxed and you didn't notice your airspeed bleeding off immediately at first. Well, I, I no, I, I'm not sure that's accurate. I just say I knew I had the time, but um, <laughs> by the time I looked up and saw that it was 80 and headed for 70, right, right. then what was what came into my mind? Fly the plane. Okay. Yeah. And at that point, um, at that point, I pretty much stopped troubleshooting because at that point, diagnosis over. And for anybody who doesn't know. When you don't have, um, you know, when you don't have an engine, fly the plane means point the nose down to keep your airspeed up, right? That's correct. Okay. Maintain best glide, which is roughly 70 to 80 miles an hour in that right. plane. And so that's what I did. As so I you trim up. the nose down and you've got set. But once you do that and you've got 70, 75, 80 knots, then you know how high you are and you can you can have a pretty good idea how far you're going to go? Well, I think that's more, I I could take out my um, slide rule and figure that out. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> right. It's stuck in the plastic. Sure. Uh, but way, it's been very easy for me to imagine you being perfect up until this podcast. Of course. But we're all, I mean, uh, gosh, what a shock that is. Uh, but but you still have, so you think you still years have. Of, 40 yeah. years of flying, with a uh, throttle pulled back, you have a pretty good idea where you're going to go, yeah. where, how far you're going to get. And in this case, um, you know, maybe it was a blessing. It wasn't like I'm right over where I want to be, so I need to circle carefully. Right. It was get as far away from here as you can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're flying along the coast of the island, and I know where this beach is, uh, and you're shooting for the beach at the south side of the island. I am. And, uh, and so I am, my preordained plan, as we were, has been to uh, ditch into about two feet of water right below the tide line. The, the belief being that uh, by being below the tide line, fire will not be a factor. Mm, right. And being in two foot of water, drowning may not be a factor. <laughs> so you're, and, and, and by the way, uh, I'm sorry, at this moment, I would not be able to stop my wife from talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Boy. So I can tell you, yes, I didn't believe him. You know, he he turned as, and I knew he was serious, but I believed he was going to start the plane. Okay. As so, we're so floating Cindy, along, he looked at you and said, "We're going to have to ditch," yes. and you were like, "No, you'll start the plane." 
I I wish I could recall his exact words. I I cannot. Okay. I think it was we're going to have to go down. We're going in. We're going, and I knew where he was intending to go at that point. I I'd done that much uh, math in my head, but but I still didn't believe it. And I said, uh, should I call Chrissy? <laughs> oh, you're in a his daughter. Phone. Yeah, because she's at the Anacortes Airport waiting for us. For, and for her thirtieth birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Happy birthday, honey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Except she has an iPad in her hand. <laughs> that's, that's an emotional thought, though, isn't yeah. it? Well, that's and then I said, thought. and then I said I should call Mayday, and he said yes. And then I sat there, mm-hmm. and I did nothing. And all I would have had to do, Bob, as you know, is key the mic and yeah, start yelling sweet. mayday. But I couldn't do anything. I was hyperventilating very badly at that point, which is why I wasn't telling him how to fly the plane. Okay. Yes. I'm yeah, hyperventilating she, now. Yeah. She Cindy, was, I, I'm glad to hear you're human because up until this moment, you were super calm through this whole conversation. Yeah. So, of course, it was terrifying. No, I yeah. actually have to tell you, it's it's hard to hear him talk about it. It's, it's getting my heart racing. Okay. Yeah. I won't so, come to you um, too often then, but once in a while. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She uh, yeah. uh, uh, she was thankfully not backseat flying at that point. In she time. wasn't saying anything. Like she wasn't screaming at you. <laughs> no, she was not screaming at well, me, I, and that would be sort of idea. Yeah, I'll get I'll get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> for the for the first half a minute, um, disbelief is probably the number one thing. You you t- you truly do not believe this is happening. This is happening to you. While you're uh, still, the other half of you or whatever is engaged in dealing with what is happening to you. So both both processes are running in parallel in your head as this is going on. But I made the uh, south end of the beach. Uh, I guess that would be the east end of the beach or north end of the beach. Northeast end of the beach. <laughs> whatever. You made the beach. Um, I made <laughs> yeah. the beach. And so I, I was, I'm flying, I'm fl- now flying down the beach, just, you know, right where I want to be. But I'm still uh, at least a few hundred feet off the beach. So it's not time quite yet. <clears throat> well, the name of this beach locally is Pinnacle Beach. Hmm. The reason being that about dead center of this one mile beach Oops. is a huge monolith of a rock. Oh, <laughs> an obelisk Great. that sits on the tide line. <laughs> okay. And 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 I know this in 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 my in my head, but I am so concentrated on flying the beach line uh. that I look up and there's a huge rock in the windshield. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> And, and now, at the same uh, what, time, at what altitude? Uh, what? Uh, how far above uh, water are you at that point? You oh, see at this point, I'm probably a hundred feet off the water. Okay, you're fairly committed. Um, I'm. 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 It's not long now. Yeah, not long now. And um, some of the only legible words that did come out of the right seat were rocks, rocks, rocks. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. And, to which, to which the reply was. Of course there's rocks. It's a beach. (laughs) (laughs) A little angst there. Land the plane, you son of a beach. (laughs) Ah. Uh, But you guys know you're going for a swim. And um, and, and you, like, are you thinking about, like, I have no idea, obviously. No one does until they do it. What it's like to put a a wheeled uh, Cessna 182 
into the water intentionally. I assume you flare, but I don't know if you flare any differently, like lift for, the for nose wrestling, up. For wrestling, man, what is a flare? Uh, uh, flare <laughs> is pulling the nose up to bleed off airspeed as you're trying to land, if I okay. recall correctly. Uh, so tell me about that a little. What's going through your head? Well, what's going through my head is don't hit that rock. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to be single-minded. But yeah, no, that's okay. It's survival. That's all that's on it, mind. This is, yeah. And this is fascinating, yeah. too, because, look, I, I, you know this. Um, I, I look up to you and admire you. You're my, uh, in AA, the person who gets you into treatment is your Eskimo who leads you there. And you're a kind of my flying Eskimo in that uh, you're the first person I felt safe flying with. And so I, I maybe have, um, you know. <laughs> Modified that thought? Oh, well, no, I haven't at all. <laughs> Damn near eat glued his ass. Yeah. <laughs> but look, the important thing is that it worked out okay, and it's a scary situation, but, uh, but we're all human in that situation. So, uh, you know, it's... As you said, it's terrifying. So uh, you see the rocks. Did you did you adjust to go to the left or right of them? I adjusted to the left because the, the right would uh, take me on to the beach. Right, and, right, and, right. And there's a cliff right there. Oh but to answer to to more to more fully answer your question about uh, being <laughs> take your time, <laughs> calm, calm, headed, and all of that, I would tell you that no, yeah. it it all goes out the window. <laughs> okay. It, all your mind is not working right. There yeah. were flash. There were fleeting thoughts of procedures learned in long years of piloting. I thought of <laughs> I thought of Mayday, and I thought, well, what frequency should I do Mayday <laughs> oh on? My God. And I said, and now I because well I because we're in CTAF frequency there, which right. isn't going to mean anything to Ed, but um, I, I'm sorry. But uh, so I'm trying to think of what to di dial up for frequency. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I, time, I, and you don't have. And that's yeah. I get mad. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And okay. I get mad and say I don't got time for that. And then I yeah. thought, well, you should dial the transponder to 7700, which is an emergency sure. frequency. I don't got time for that. Yeah, and if uh, you're I mean, if you're at 2,000 feet and you've got time <laughs> to figure out where you're going to land, you do those things, right? Yeah, fly the Maybe. plane. Fly the plane. Yeah. That's all I had going for me. Okay. And so then, I uh, to answer your question about landing gear, sure. I over many a cocktail, uh, <laughs> flying friend, <laughs> flying friends, and myself have talked about the best way to ditch an airplane, what to do, what attitude to assume. Um, the attitude, theories. by the way, refers to the um, how pitch. high you lift the nose. Yeah, yeah the pitch. Yeah. They, call it, they call it cocktail courage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of one of the known things in a fixed gear airplane when it hits the water is typically it f immediately flips over on its back. It oh, it trips good. on the landing gear. Right, right. And that, of course, is very disorienting for anyone. <laughs> and that is, that is, that doesn't always, it's, it's very likely to happen. So you knew that. Very likely to happen. Okay. And so when we're cocktail flying, the theory, <laughs> the theory would be um, to hit with one wheel or the other first under the, under the belief that the, you Spin would it. catch that wheel on the water the airplane would start spinning 
on that wheel as the fulcrum. And by the time it came down with full contact, you'd have your entire wing out in front of you in the direction of travel to arrest the fall. And And not even spill your drink. (laughs) And not even (laughs) Ask for some more ice. (laughs) So that's how we had it all figured out. And not one piece of that came to my head while we were going. You didn't even think about it. And yet that is sort of what he did. And yet that is kind of how it went around. So I divert from the large rock in my windshield. Mm. Which causes you to be leaning to one side, probably. Which does. Yeah. And this is part of the theory. And so I, I have to bank to the left. And then the beach is getting short. I actually am running out of beach. And beyond the beach is a 90 degree cliff point that yeah. comes out so suddenly oh, oh, there's right. another rock oh wall right. oh, up there right. and but i can miss it i just have to again steer to the left a little bit and i can fly past that point of land if you will so that's what happened if you draw a line if you ever have a map and you draw a line from the pinnacle to the point that is the flight path i took because it was if if I don't get down by the time the beach is gone, then I'm not going to go hit another brick wall. I'm just going to fly past that point and go into the water out in less than nice beachy shores. Right, right. As it turned out, about 30 yards before that point is where impact occurred. And one minute you're flying. And things are, of course, happening fast, as I've described. And then there was this huge bang. And I think Cindy will back me up on this. And then it was like a scene change in a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden, one minute you're flying and the beach is going by. And then a totally different scene. Now, here's where we'll have to diverge because we each have stories. I woke up. I don't know if I Wait a went minute. To sleep. You you blacked out? Uh, wow, well, just a second. I'm sorry. I'll back up. Okay. That's why I call it a scene change. Okay. I don't have <laughs> I don't have any recollection from oh, the boy. big bang to the next moment of awareness for oh. me whether I blacked out or not was I am in my pilot seat. I'm strapped in. I have water at my waist. I'm hearing this big rush of water coming in from somewhere. I just hear this big rush of water, like a big old waterfall. And the water is rising on my chest at a very precipitous rate. Oh, my goodness. Can can I back you up a second, though? Sure. Um, Are you supposed to crack the doors open a little bit before the landing so that they don't get... Thank you for asking, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) To all those flight instructors out there, as well as the FAA and the NTSB, the answer is no, I did not. You did not. Okay. (laughs) Way to rat them out, Bob. (laughs) I'm not, I'm I'm not, I actually, uh, I I remembered that that somewhere in the, the, but you're, you're basically saying that you fly the plane and you get down and you didn't have time to think of all that stuff. Well, and and uh, at, the, at the risk of sounding like a me too, I did think of that just as I was flying past the pinnacle. And that was way too late because, again, right. there's no time. Right, right. But right. I, that's certainly one that it 
600 feet. Fly the plane is more important than make sure your tray tables right. are stowed and your doors right. cracked. <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. It makes perfect sense. Right. So, so, I'm, so I'm, you're in I'm, a plane I'm, with closed doors and water. That's why I asked. You're in a plane yeah. with closed doors and water coming up your chest. And but, I am really offended at that because if I'm here and in the water and the plane is closed, and I know it is, I should be high and dry. I should have a chance to gather my personal belongings, make sure my my tray table are up, and then look at my partner, and we go one, two, three, and open the doors. So the plane Uh, is supposed to float for longer, but you may have been blacked out and not experienced that. Well, I don't remember anything don't from remember, water, okay. water on my toes to water on my waist. So okay, something happened during the case. Wow. Yeah, that's really weird. Um, so, so yeah, so the water's coming up my chest, and I just reach back by feel to where the door handle is and pop the lock and crack the latch, and the door won't open. And the, the door won't open, but we have all seen the movies why won't the board why won't the door open because there's water on the outside right there's water outside and there's still some air inside right and that is exactly what my little head told me well you just have to wait till this thing fills with water and then you'll be able to open that door that's not a pleasant thought no well you know it was very logical at the time (laughs) okay and so uh again i had in my mind, it, I, you know, who knows what the time was, but it felt like... Did you and Cindy seconds. have a chance to go over the to-do list for later on when you got home? Did <laughs> <laughs> you drink the we beer? Took, yeah. We Cindy. took selfies, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, assume, I assume we're going to switch, because this is the way a movie would go, we're going to switch to Cindy just before landing, and she's going to tell us yeah. her side of the story. That's okay. correct. That's where we'll go with it. Okay. So, yes, well, you said exactly what my daughter did. She said, so did you rip off a selfie, do a Facebook post, uh, do some texting while you were waiting for that water to come over your head? And the answer was no. No, actually, because my phone was in my pocket. Um, So that just shortened that one up. In about 10 seconds, the water was up to my head. Wow. And at that point, I pushed on the door again, and it gave as i expected which is good because i had absolutely no plan b and i had absolutely no air left and i uh, had to swim down to get through the door and then out from under the wing and come up to the surface which was only uh, you know four feet five feet above me and so there i am on the surface the other thing Don did is he kept his seatbelt on until he was ready to evacuate. <laughs> to ex- exit the airplane. Um, yeah, if you care, I'll answer. Because as long as you're seatbelted in, you're oriented with where you are. And as soon as okay. you release, as soon as you release your seatbelt, and you start floating, and you oh, lose track, right. you lose track of of where you are. So you're actually very level-headed about the scariest part of this the underwater egress yeah um take some credit donovan you've been very humble so far it seems it seems that way (laughs) okay i don't know that'd be the most freaky part yeah and so yeah and so now i'm i'm on the surface and the tail of the airplane is coming at me because the 
the cab is sinking at this point. Oh, the cab's fo- fully underwater, and the tail's coming at me, and, and I briefly um, dodge the tail, and then I'm looking for the passenger side to f- to, and dove down for a moment trying to claw at where I thought the passenger door would be, but I never found the latch, and I, I do recall banging on the... Uh, side of the plane a couple of times before I then resurfaced for air where it was uh, rather lonely because only I was on the surface. So now if Cindy wasn't here right now with us, I, uh, I'd be, I, but I can imagine how you must've been feeling. Um, I will tell you honestly for at least 10 seconds, I, was of the belief that I had just lost my dear wife and that she was inside that sinking plane, which in fact she was. <laughs> and so I think at this point, rather than belaboring that point, I should hand it over to Cindy to say, and now here's how Cindy saw this same scene. Well, that son of a bitch left me in the plane. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> in in truth if if he hadn't gotten out i wouldn't have been able to get out it it had to go the way it went and uh and thank god he didn't expect me to get out my passenger door in reality because my passenger door would not open but my first recollection was this huge bang this this explosion and then the next second something was covering my face and I was being waterboarded. I mean, water was pouring into my face and there were bubbles and, and gushes of water and something was on my face. I still don't know what it was. And I pushed that away and and I was in such a severe panic that I, I couldn't function. But I, I reached down and undid my seatbelt, which is why I mentioned that Don kept his on because once I undid my seatbelt and the plane was full of water, I did lose orientation, and I was having a very difficult time figuring out where I was. I reached down and felt my door handle. It wouldn't budge. And at that point, I had my little TV movie moment where I remembered that every time a car goes off a bridge into a body of water, the lady inside, it's always a lady inside, that has to go, she goes up and gets this little air pocket. And so I went, okay, where's the air pocket? So I moved around, and I believe I was going to the top of the to the ceiling of the airplane when in reality I think I was going toward the back seat window which was by now um, more vertical and I found a little balloon sized pocket of water of air God bless. and I sucked in two breaths before it filled with um, water oh and then I don't from that moment forward I was in I, I just kept saying no I can't I can't let this get me I no 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 and um and I was flailing around. I couldn't figure out where I was. I could open my eyes and see, but I couldn't figure it out. I think what happened in retrospect is that the plane stopped on the bottom. It was only in 35 to 40 feet of water. Oh. I think the nose hit the bottom, the plane's vertical. And at that point, everything got a little bit still. And I was able to see Don's legs above me. And so I was like, oh, he got out. There's a way out. Because up until this moment, I had no idea where he was either. So I kicked my legs a little bit, and I felt my right leg go through a hole. So I went that way, and it was the pilot's door. I came out, and I smashed my head up into the wing, which, again, put me in a severe panic because 
I was by now very, very much out of breath and sure that I was going to die. And I saw a little bit of light off to my right. So I followed that and came above water, just sucking in air like I've never done before in my life. (laughs) So you sucked in no water while you were under. I, well, uh, no, a lot came out of my head later, but. (laughs) And so one of the most beautiful, relieving sights that is going to be the high part of my life forever is that I was all alone on the surface and she was gone. And then she was there. Wow. She was there. It was a freaking miracle. But there she was, and she came up a coffin and a spitting and a matter and a wet hen, and she's screaming, help, help. And I'm going, we're on the east side of Blakely. The only people that can hear your raccoons and otters. Don't waste your breath. (laughs) (laughs) But you're both breathing air, and you're not terrible. You're still not on the beach, and... Um, or out of the woods. Well, they're not out of the woods because, what well, man, and of course they are, obviously. But uh, there are a couple of things. How did he know that there's woods in this story? Yeah, <laughs> I've been out there. Uh, but but there are a couple of things about this uh, that are pretty important. Uh, one of the things I learned about the water around the San Juan Islands is that it's cold year round. Cold, yeah. And that hypothermia is uh, if, if you if you get out and you're able to swim. You have a, a limited uh, timeline with which you're going to be safe. Well, that's true. Um, but we didn't feel the cold. Uh, not, not at that point, point wow, really. No. Now, there's no, another there were, reason. There were, there, were, there were more overriding factors going <laughs> on. <true>. <laughs> and, and by the way, just like someone gets superhuman strength when their adrenaline is pumped up, your yeah. adrenaline doesn't care that yes. the water's cold. Is that what you're no. saying? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, uh, there's another factor, though. Uh, having been on Blakely Island and having gone swimming with Don many times, there is a lake on the island. I believe it's Horseshoe Lake. Is that right? Do I remember that Correct. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is about, and you've refreshed my memory on this, although Don and I did not talk about this at all because we wanted, this, we wanted to hear the story live on the podcast. And by the way, <laughs> uh, it way beyond... I thought it was going to be yeah we uh, we landed uh, we opened the, you know we opened the doors and we swam to shore I thought it was going to be a really not like this Jeeves came down handed us a call Jeeves <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but but the thing everybody should know about Don and I'm sure uh, Cindy you've done this too is the lake on that island where the people swim is ice cold pretty much year round. And Donovan is in the habit of swimming out to this rock where we used to sit and chat and dare each other to jump off of uh, because it's a fairly high jump. And it was, did you say it was like 1,300 feet uh, each way, right? So it's a quarter of a oh, mile. Oh. It's a half mile round trip swimming. 
It's yeah, it's three thousand foot round trip swim. Um, okay, I, w- I would dispute the cold part of that equation. Yeah, it's not cold. It's not cold. Okay. It's, to it's those of us who only go to resorts with heated pools, <laughs> yeah. it's freaking cold. <laughs> there, there are no concrete edges or diving boards. That's right. That's no. Right. So, but I mean, for you to swim, how far did you swim to shore? Uh, I measured it at two hundred feet. Yeah, that's. That for you was never in doubt, probably. Child's play. Okay. As soon as we were, on, I'm sorry, when as soon as we were both on the surface and alive, as far as I was concerned, this party's over. We're we're everything's okay. Okay. Because the beach is right there, and I of course don't know if anybody's injured or not, but we're out of the plane, and the beach is right there, and it's a trivial swim for me, and it's a trivial swim for her. So, okay, uh, no problem. This we, we're we're there. Do you guys hug in the water uh, and celebrate, yeah. or do you just swim for sure? Now that you know each other's alive. No, we immediately started to swim, but I couldn't make my legs work, and so Don kept looking back and saying, "Come on, you have to swim. You have to swim." And I I was having trouble, and so he came back and eventually ended up kind of grabbed the collar of my jacket and was pulling me and I'd, I'd help a little and he'd pull me and I'm a good swimmer. He and I both swim every single day in Horseshoe Lake from as early in May till as late in October as we can. We love it, but Insert uh, sound effect here. Freaking yeah. cold. <laughs> when, you, when your adrenaline's gone, that doesn't work so well. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Wow. So he did have to kind of tow me a little bit. Have to kind of tow her, yes. I towed her all the way in. So yeah. Triple A Donovan, they call him. As, 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 uh, as, as one guy said, I said, well, 200 feet. I could do that with my hand tied behind my back. And he said, right. and you did. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, so, uh, all right. But, you so, know, one good thing, those extra COVID pounds, they help you float when you're in salt water. <laughs> <laughs> Always look at the bright side. <laughs> Life. Um, so, all right. So, it's a 200-foot swim. You both uh, get to the beach. Now you're yep. wet. Yep. Uh, at some point, you, you might realize you're cold. At some point, you might realize it's a long trek to, and there isn't even much civilization where there is civilization on Blakely. Ah, but this, the one thing that I am willing to take credit for okay. is the set down point. Because where we hit is exactly where the trail that comes down to the beach from the forest and the woods, previously uh-huh. mentioned by Ed or Zip, I didn't quite catch who. Um, the woods, um, there's a trail. So we hit the beach, but of course we did the, the whole, um, castaway thing on the beach, laid in the sand. Thank God we're on land. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Uh, Cindy still can't move her legs. And I, she came, she crawls out to her knees. Her knees are at the shoreline. The waves are still lapping at her feet. I'm I'm standing up, and so um, I pull out my phone out of my left hip pocket where it was, and I'm surprised to see that the screen is lit. Huh. So, so, oh, my God. You swam with the phone? Yeah. And And it was still, and it was not dead. 
That's right. So whichever phone manufacturer would like to uh, hire me for a spokesperson, I will mention the brand of the phone. Yeah. Uh, so it would make Please. a great marketing thing. Yeah, you can get a great endorsement deal out of this. <laughs> that, that, that's right. That's right. And his phone was even cracked and it continued to work. Yeah. My phone was in good shape. And so both of our phones worked yeah. after at wow. least 15 minutes in salt water. Wow. So I took out the phone, and um, I, I alluded to this in a conversation yesterday with you, Bob. Mm. Numbers. We are all a victim of our contacts list now. When I was younger, I knew you know, 35 different phone numbers for 35 different people. But we've all been lulled into a sense of complacency. But I got out, and I said, who do I call? Who am I going to call? Mm. And 911 is not the number to call no? when you're on Pinnacle Beach on Blakely Island. <laughs> okay? What are they going to do? Send a fire truck? Yeah. <laughs> well, first, you're going to spend 10 minutes explaining where Blakely Island is. Right, you know? right. Oh, I've been there. They have salmon things there. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a great... That's That's Blake Island, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing they're going to do, and this would be true of maybe some of the residents as well, is where's the hell is Pinnacle Beach? <laughs> so right. I, I didn't have that time because my phone was misbehaving. I had the number pad happened to be up, and I knew Chrissy's phone number off the top of my head. Ah. And so uh, and it starts 360. So I dial 36, and it's not responding very well. I'm having to double and triple tap the numbers to get it to register. And I dial a few numbers, and I look up, and it's 368. Oh, gosh darn it. And back up, right, back right, up. Right. It's malfunctioning. And, uh, yeah. And I do it again, and then I realize every time I hit a zero, it's registering an eight. And I get, oh, my God, we're sitting here. We just got out of a broken <laughs> plane. And Please. you know, Cindy's still in the surf. <laughs> and, my phone, and I'm on my phone going, contacts, scroll to Chrissy Burkhardt. Oh. <laughs> And then, and, and then all that work, and I finally got it up and pressed and held, and lo and behold, a ringing noise came in. Oh, and God. here's where I would like to introduce you to the real hero of this entire story, and that is one Miss Kristen Chrissy Burkhart. Okay. She's at the airport waiting for us to land to take us to the party. And you landed. Yeah. And I landed. <laughs> little short. They call that landing short. Yeah. <laughs> and, but there's two factors here. I don't want to belabor the point, but number one is she's waiting for us. So um, she needs to be informed fairly soon. She yeah. may not have to be right away. But it just so happens that she is the captain at. Island Express out of Anacortes. She captains a boat out of there and has for the last five years. Yeah. I was waiting for that ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You knew that having a daughter as a boat captain, uh, you know, just across the way would be something well, smart. Yeah. Because she's got incredible local knowledge. So I knew I could say Pinnacle Beach and that was the end of that. I also know that she knows the terrain, but more, more often she knows almost everyone in the San Juans. She takes everybody everywhere. She has a Rolodex, if I may use that word, like, that? No, <laughs> yeah, like no others. And to her credit, so I call and say, and I get out, 
Chrissy. We crashed the plane at Pinnacle Beach. We need help. And that that darling girl, she didn't say, oh, Dad, are you all right? Let me fuss over you or whatever. None of that. She said, got it. Click. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, talk about cool under pressure. Yeah. I mean, that was that that. We had 700 feet to try to figure this shit, uh, stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got it face front in two seconds. She instantly said, they're okay. Here's where they are. Right. Every second counts. I'm going to get to them. Check. That's exactly right. Wow. And she turned around and started a phone tree with somebody who was with her and called the Coast Guard, which I don't really care about at that moment in time, but she also called the nearest residents. She knew exactly where I was, and these are the people on the other side of the island where mm. Jeeves does occasionally serve cocktails. Jeeves, <laughs> 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 it's a beautiful spot. Yes, <laughs> and uh, but she she has those people's phone numbers uh, or or people who care so she forget about coming to get you because she's a a boat captain she knew immediately how to get you help as fast as possible that's correct that's correct and this is james can i help you (laughs) (laughs) your your father's where all right i love you (laughs) sorry jeeves Uh, my ice is melted (laughs) so uh (laughs) So she she's zipping off calls. Of course, we don't know this. Uh, Cindy's phone, she dialed uh, my nephew down on the north end, which at this point is five miles away over logging roads, so they're not going to be any there anytime soon. Mm. But we snap off a call to them, too. And, and because uh, his nephew's married to a nurse practitioner who oh, is uh, uh, Katie Swirlin, who uh, we knew would be able hey. to come help us as well. Yeah. Hi, Jeez, it's all in the family here. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Meathead? Uh, <laughs> <That's me. laughs> wow. All right. So, um, so how long before, um, you know? Well, they didn't. We we still got our hike through the woods. Oh, you were hiking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we're not just, this how long of a hike yet. is this? Uh, very short. It's a very short very hike. Thank but God. We got we got Cindy on her legs. They came back. There were no bones protruding from her skin, and uh, thank Good. goodness everybody was actually uninjured to the point <sighs> that they could actually stand up and walk. Wow. She was a little unhappy with me, I think, as I pointed up the beach. But again, where we went in. We didn't have to go left on the beach. We didn't have to go right on the beach. We went from the tide line straight up the beach to the path. Nice, nice. And uh, then got on this path, which was a little sketchy on the beach interface, and uh, walked up that path. And uh, from there, it's only about uh, 50 yards over to a house that is abandoned at the moment, or I should say empty. It's not abandoned, but empty at the moment. And... At that point, I mean, my my whole thinking this whole time is no one's going to be here to help us anytime soon. And However, so- as soon as we got to the top of that grassy ramp, uh, I could hear Jeeves. I could hear a motor, <laughs> and, and Jeeves was there. Yeah. 
Sorry, I know your name is Keith, not Jeeves. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Keith. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's we invented Keith. the character Jeeves, so give Keith yeah. more privacy. Yeah. Well, Keith, Keith probably but wouldn't want to be. You probably uh, want char- to thank characterized as Jeeves. Oh, okay. Uh, no, Keith's we invent nice things all the time. Yeah. That's right. So this is all. This so, is all for drama. Keith. So he meets you, and uh, does he have blankets, well, hot cocoa? The, the, How, the <laughs> The last piece of our story before we kind of lose control of our story to other people managing our lives <laughs> is is that they go down these people's driveway because uh, we had told somebody go to the Tompkins and that was the name of the house. And they're running to the beach. They think we're out there in the water somewhere. Uh-huh. And we emerge from the woods. <laughs> Two very wet, bedraggled, and God knows what we looked like. But I don't know. It could have been a zombie movie. Yeah. That one guy said, oh, this couple came walking out of the woods holding hands. What were they doing? <laughs> That's right. Tonight on The Walking Dead, it's a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so, yes, they yeah. throw us in their mule-like thing i don't know what those things are called mules mules and uh he turns on the heat and uh races over to a more civilized place with a clearing that i would have loved to have flown to if i (laughs) (laughs) people in hell want ice water too well knowing blakely uh setting down in a clearing and getting over the tree line probably was never a good idea in a helicopter maybe (laughs) oh no they probably have the biggest clearing of beautiful green grass there is okay. on the island and so it was a viable place but it had to be reachable and it wasn't but you you didn't have that kind of time i did well i didn't yeah. have that kind of that whole engine thing such a pesky detail yeah. it, 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 it really is i mean people have gliders on purpose you know so right. what, what's the right. big deal so uh, you escape with uh it's terrifying you escape with bruises and no major injuries um, correct. By the way, for folks listening to this podcast, I will post on social media. Someone flew over uh, the the scene at the beach and took a rather um, ghostly. A ghostly. A ghostly is a perfect word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very ghostly photo that shows the plane on the bottom of the briny deep. Oh man! And the beach, which uh, Donovan and Cindy swam to. And seriously, I didn't think the story was this dramatic. Um, <laughs> I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful that you're both still with us um, because I couldn't imagine, you know, um, I couldn't imagine any other outcome. Uh, I, I, I thank you, uh, Donovan, for your inspiration uh, when it comes to flying. And, uh, you know, I also thank you for your honesty and your integrity, even in telling the story. I, I could not tell a story like that without making myself embellish myself. It's <laughs> <laughs> not in my nature. And Cindy, uh, oh, you scared me just even though I already knew the outcome. And that, by definition, is an excellent movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a documentary, but um, gosh. So in summary... Because we could continue to talk for hours. In summary, how do each of you feel? Uh, I'm sure you've done some soul searching. Also, you're searching for a plane already, which is a sign of recovery. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was one of the questions. Like, will you fly? Of course you will. It's, it's your life. Yeah. Um, 
But what do you each take out of this experience? Uh, and we'll start with you, Cindy. Hmm. Unless you want to go second, like you did getting out of the plane. <laughs> Uh, make make sure that you have a hair tie if you have long hair. <laughs> yeah, it's super important because if yeah. my hair had been in my face when I was disoriented in the plane, it would have been even worse. Wow. No, I'm 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 thankful to. I be was alive. taking that seriously. Excuse me. And it, it is serious. Wow. I'm serious. I'll always tie my hair back, even in commercial from now on. Um, but I I know I was with the best pilot that I could have been with and had this incident happen. Uh, that's I, great. I can tell you that. He, yeah, he clearly fell back on his training. Yeah. Now, does the NTSB investigate? Why, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you wet blanket, you? <laughs> well, that, that, I, I don't know how long you want to. There's all sorts of fun parts of this. Um, Did they already I can, do the I can, report? I can, I can go quickly. Um, there, there, we, this, we is were pod, met, this is a podcast, so there's no network news yeah. to hit. I want to know what's wrong. If what someone's happened to the tired engine. of the story, they can no. turn it off. That's right. Keep all going. Right. Go ahead, Seth. Well, all right. Then we'll, we'll keep going for a while. Hey, this is my 15 minutes, and after tomorrow, I'll <laughs> it's just your, be a It's actually an hour and 10 minutes pod. so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was damn near your 15 minutes of flame. It's a joy. So they drove us to a clearing, and after a people threw blankets at us and ran around trying to make decisions for us of which we had no knowledge. Uh, eventually a couple of medevac helicopters were scrambled and so about 30 minutes after we got out of the water, give or take maybe 45, um, we were each put into our uh, individual helicopters wow. because they can, wow. they yeah. can only carry one. Right. Yeah, our private helicopter. It's a private with island us, you get to <laughs> And each I helicopter. That by the water <laughs> bomb. <laughs> Wow. We uh, each each with a staff of three wow, <laughs> to boy. attend to our every need, Excellent. except cocktails. Which <laughs> <laughs> you really and, desperately needed. Yeah, which were desperately needed, and flew us to uh, St. Joseph's Hospital in Bellingham, and uh, where we, uh, after a brief ambulance ride from the helipad to the emergency room door, uh, were put in, and they were very concerned about hypothermia because. Sure. Right. It, it is true that once we were at the beach and out of the water is when the shaking started. Right. And we both really never stopped shaking from that point on. Cindy longer than myself. But uh, in the hospital, they put us with, you know, hot, hot air things to warm us up. And, so you were, hel- you were uh, medevaced basically to the hospital in separate helicopters. So people were, That's correct. while, uh, was this being arranged by Chrissy? Um, how was, how, this was all going on? Uh, no, our, our nurse practitioner niece took care uh-huh. of that part. <laughs> That's right. So, but I mean, this was all, in other words, people were buzzing and this right. was big news and they were all taking, there were a whole community but, a village of people yeah, taking the, care of the, the, there yeah i mean it started out with the two guys uh keith and grant that mm-hmm. picked us up in the thing and then after that um people started emerging from the woodwork right. and then people uh started showing up from the north end with their own stories of logging roads and 60 miles an hour and all that mm-hmm. but in any event um the decision was made to put us on the helicopters and get us the hell out of there. Did you feel I, did I you feel re- good knowing that you were your medical needs were being attended to? Did it relax you at all? Yeah, once his testicles dropped, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you talking to Cindy or me? <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> 
Um, no, I was actually kind of unhappy. If it wasn't for Cindy, who I knew had had the leg problems and all that, I wanted to go home and take a shower. Oh, wow. I, I knew I was okay. I didn't need any help. And that was borne out at the hospital. The sum total of my treatment was one pill of ibuprofen and have a good day, sir. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Cindy got some imaging and all of that. And then we got into uh, Chrissy. Captain Chrissy, the hero, had driven up and they drove us down to a motel in Anacortes. And by 930 that evening, we were in a motel in Anacortes waiting to get on a boat the next day to go back to Blakely. Wow. Hey, Bob. About a, uh, this, yeah. Ed Kelly, mechanic in the corner, just curious, what happened to the engine? Throttle <laughs> um, linkage? The, well, I say, we don't know. Okay. All I know is what I thought. NTSB I, will let you know when they find out after that, the investigation. That's correct. The yeah, NTSB okay. will do their best to determine what happened. They don't right. always, but they're very good at that job. They are. And, and they, they are take their time. Yeah. They are extremely thorough. thorough. Yeah. Yeah. And so we won't know for months, no doubt. If, do if let me know. <laughs> and and, it, and by the way, when they publish their report, it will be public. Um, yes, Public record. And, yeah. and, and, and it's all about safety. Uh, it's yes. all about determining what went wrong and, and, and any time you can, making sure it doesn't go wrong again. Right. All right, so Donovan. What I, 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 I wanted, yeah, oh, I'm ahead. sorry. I just wanted to hit the thing about the NTSB since yes. Ed asked, I believe. Yes. Um, when we got to the hotel in Anacortes, I made two calls, and one of them was the San Juan County Sheriff's. And I said, I kind of think somebody's going to want to talk to us. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and our phones aren't working anymore. So here I am at uh, the Marina Inn, you know, room 106. And uh, anybody who needs to talk to me, here we are. The next morning, we got on a boat, went to Blakely Island. As soon as we hit the house... I made that same call again. We are now on Blakely Island. Here's the home number. Neither one of our cells work. Anybody who needs to talk to us, here's the number. Four days later, the phone rings. It's the NTSB. We have left a million messages on your cell phone. You are not answering your calls. How come? They never never talked to the local authorities on point to mm. uh, we we kept them informed the whole way and they they didn't by the I way mean- by the way the day i saw the article which thankfully is a short arc- article occupants swim safely ashore nothing to see here was basically what the article said right. uh, that day i tried to call uh, your cell phone and it went straight to voice message and i went Glub, glub, glub. His cell phone doesn't work. <laughs> you think the NTSB, with all the accidents they've investigated, yeah. knowing you swam ashore, someone at the NTSB, you know, uh, would have gone, oh, the cell phone probably doesn't work. I mean, yeah. there's the government. <laughs> yeah. And, and who, sh- who might we call to get the number? But did, right. they, call, right. did they call the sheriff? No, no they, they tracked down. Chrissy Burkhart. (laughs) That's awesome. And got our number from her. So that's fine. I don't mean to say bad things about the NTSB. I will say, and I have to say, because I'm still under investigation, that both the FAA and the NTSB have been very professional, nothing but helpful, and very kind. They They make it clear that... Like you folks and everyone else, we're happy you're alive, yes. and nothing else really matters. Yeah, it is. It is true. And 
you know, um, engines fail very rarely. That plane was built in 1966 and yeah. maintained impeccably. And, uh, you know, everyone prepares. They, they wouldn't train you for it if it could never happen. Oh, I'm so, I, I am just, uh, I'm so glad you're both safe. Thank you. And, and, and we are, too. Yeah. And, Donovan, and Donovan, I would like to end with your meaning of life. Cindy did a very good job on that. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, the, uh, what have you taken from this? Um, you know, does it, when people have, and I, I think it qualifies as a near-death experience. Hell, yeah. When people have that, it, most people say they are fundamentally changed somehow. Um, how do you feel? <laughs> My favorite question in the whole world. Okay. I have no idea. I, I wish I had words of wisdom for you. I could say that you learn what's important in a hurry. Um, but, and that's true. Um, I, what I learned is that when something really unexpected happens that no amount of training really uh, prepares you for it or, or dictates your actions. Um, <clears throat> I, I, all I do is ask myself what I didn't do, what I didn't try to maybe get the airplane restarted, what I didn't do in emergency procedures like popping the door, making a mayday call, the things that didn't happen um, just keep going over it and over it. So I'm sorry to not leave you with a big inspirational, I'm glad to be alive, because of course I'm glad to be alive, but um, I just don't know, don't know what happened, and always there's always room for improvement in your, in your uh, behavior and uh, reactions. He's still extrapolating what he's taking away, Bob. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Captain Sully Sullenberger of Blakely Island. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you're a hero, and uh, I'm sure Cindy feels that way, too. Yeah. Remember this golden classic. Playing the hits of yesteryear just for you. My plane is packed, the service is slow I'm 30 seats from the bathroom door The stewardess wakes me up when she walks by Ouch! Oh, I'm terribly sorry And the cabin is shaking as we get airborne My stomach's aching, we're hitting a storm Already I'm as green as key lime pie So some drama me quickly get away from me hold your nose and find another road I'm heaving on a jet plane a bad meal is coming back up again heaving on a jet plane it goes down and pops back up again heaving on a jet plane Oh no, I'm gonna yak again Oh babe, 
Can I get a refill, please? My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip.